happiness. It's what we all strive for, yet it is so elusive, especially in light of the current COVID-19 pandemic. In today's episode of the podcast Brunch Club Podcast, we'll be talking about our listening list on happiness. Hi, I'm Adela, and I'm the founder of Podcast Brunch Club. And I'm Sarah, the chapter leader of the Houston chapter of PBC and the founder of Audible Feast, a podcast review website and newsletter. For any new listeners, here's a quick overview of Podcast Brunch Club. PBC is like book club, but for podcasts. We've now got more than 70 chapters on six continents. These are groups of podcast listeners who get together in person, except not right now, (laughs) to discuss a monthly podcast playlist, just like we're about to do right now. Visit podcastbrunchclub.com to get involved in an existing chapter or start your own. Yep. So every month we'll send out a podcast listening list on a theme, and then our chapters will meet up in cities all over the world to discuss and usually diverge to talk about what other podcasts they've been listening to lately. So we'll do that later in the episode as well. And as I mentioned, the theme this month is happiness. You can find the playlist at podcastbrunchclub.com slash happiness. Yep. We listened to five episodes from The Happiness Lab, The Science of Happiness, Life Kit, Upstream, and Thinking Aloud. Adele, I know that you put this podcast list together. Can you tell us about why you chose the theme and how you went about selecting the episodes? Yeah. So, so okay. So I chose the theme because... We can get pretty heavy in Podcast Brunch Club, and I had been getting a little bit of feedback, not a lot, but just a little bit, that that the the themes were, could be a little depressing. Um, we did homelessness. We've done, you know, death and dying. We've, you know, so so I wanted to get it, you know, keep it a little light in March. And I had actually planned this theme months and months ago, but... Uh, it, the timing actually worked out perfectly because of the whole COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, I think people really wanted to explore the idea of happiness and then, you know, apply it to kind of their their current situations and lives. So I chose, you know, I chose the episodes because I felt like it gave a good overview of different things that we as individuals could do. But I really, really sought out an episode um, about gross national happiness because it was it's something that governments could do. It's more policy level uh, efforts that can be done to help increase the happiness of a population. So that's why I chose the Upstream podcast, which explored the whole concept of gross national happiness. And then the thinking aloud episode I chose because I wanted to kind of just like put a little wrench into it, you know, like I kind of feel like we, there, there are a lot of podcasts about happiness. Um, but I kind of started wondering if thinking about happiness and constantly striving for happiness is counterproductive to finding happiness or being happy. Like if you're constantly trying to, to get it, isn't that sort of counterproductive. So I wanted to kind of put a little bit of a wrench into it. And that was why I chose the thinking aloud episode. How about like, what did you what did you think about the playlist? I mean, I know I curated it, but be honest. (laughs) It was terrible. No, uh, it made me so unhappy. Um, (laughs) No, uh, you know, I I'm typically the most critical, more critical out of the two of us on the playlist, I would say. But um, 
No, uh, I liked it. And um, it was kind of a nice change of pace to like focus on purposely listening to something that's happy. I listened to this earlier on in the month, I think in the beginning of March. So kind of before I realized how much my personal life was going to be impacted by everything that's going on. Um, So it was actually kind of a nice, like, like setting the stage or something like a good reminder going into all of that. I especially liked, you know, you and I had talked about this concept of random acts of kindness before we even decided to, you know, well, before all of this stuff happened. So I've been particularly attuned to seeing that happen now, like not necessarily myself. I mean, I still think about that a lot more because I think because we listen to this playlist, I think about that a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um just the ability to do a random act of kindness. But now I'm also seeing that like everywhere. Like I love it. It just makes me feel so happy to see other people do it. Like it it doesn't impact me, but it's like, I, I so firmly believe that the way you treat people, it's like contagious and it, you know, kindness begets more kindness. So I love that you read about people with signs on their windows, like thank you first responders or like, to me, that's like a simple, broad, random act of kindness. It's not about one individual doing something for one other individual, but it's like, nobody had to do that. You didn't have to, you know, uh, post whatever on your window Um, or like neighborhoods. My neighborhood has done, you know, things like doing a chalk drawing quote unquote contest or whatever, even though there's no prize and it's not really a contest. It's just a silly thing. Um, I guess this concept of random act of kindness has kind of expanded right, right now. And it's just really lovely to see people care about each other um, at this time. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that um, there's an app called next door. Do you know about this app? Yes. And it's like, a, for those of you who don't know, it's like, a, it's hyper local. So it's very, very specific to your couple block radius. It's not even, you know, your town or suburb or whatever. It's like very hyper specific to your neighborhood geographically. And they set up a thing called, I think it's called a help map. So you can actually log in and like, and, and note that you are willing to give help and what kind of help you're willing to give. And then other people can log in and say that they need help and, and say like what kind of help that they need. And then it sort of shows up on a map so that you can actually look for the people. If you're a helper, you can look for the people around you that are in need of help uh, and can, you know, try to, to help out. And yeah, it, it, it has been really beautiful to see that it's, um, It'll be interesting to see how it plays out over the long haul, whether or not that becomes because, you know, I see the whole COVID-19 thing as this like three potential phase process of there's the short term, the medium term and the long term. And like I've said this before to, to some other people, but like the short term, it's like everybody's gung ho. Everybody's like this is all, you know, we're all in this together. This is like, um you know, we're all going to help each other. And if it ends tomorrow, life goes back to the way it always was. 
And then there's the medium term where I think like people are just getting a little tired and maybe that's kind of where we're where we're headed. And in the medium term, like if it ended in the medium term, I think I could I could see it being lifestyles would change for sure. I think maybe I think even Dr. Fauci recently said and I, and I'll note that we are we are recording this on April 10th. So uh, a couple of days ago, I think Dr. Fauci said that, you know, he he could see handshaking going out of style. You know, we're not going to be shaking hands and maybe we'll be a little bit wary and, you know, big group events might not happen. And then the long term is like where I get kind of freaked out. And I don't want to go down that rabbit hole because this is a talk about happiness. But um, but that's where I get worried about, like, competing for resources and 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 potentially, you know, some other really big catastrophic things that could happen. So I'm just hoping that we can all kind of stay positive and try to, you know, focus on what we can focus on, not the things that we can't. Because I think I remember reading something about how it's somebody may have even been in this pod in this playlist where somebody was like, worry does not change the outcome. You know, it wasn't actually it wasn't this this playlist. It was an article I read about people who already are sort of, uh, and I, and I think I mentioned this with my interview with Andy Paradise, that it just does not, it doesn't change the outcome. So it's sort of pointless. Worrying is pointless because it just, it's not going to change anything. So if I can continue to remember that, then maybe I can just focus on what I can do, like random acts of kindness, and it could, you know, at least help in the short term, and then hopefully just see what, how it plays out in the medium to long term. Um, but but I did want to actually, you reminded me that I had posted on the Facebook group, on the Podcast Brunch Club Facebook group. So for those of you who are not members, go to um, facebook.com slash groups slash podcast brunch club. And I had asked, um, have you ever done an, a random act of kindness? If yes, what was it? And how did it make you feel? And I got some really awesome responses. Like Lee from New York was said, a very simple and free act of kindness I do whenever I ride the subway. So I wave at the train conductor and I got to thinking one day that train drivers must not have as much interaction with people all day long. So perhaps it could be like a lonely thing at times. And she also said that a more involved act is I got a group of friends to buy a very expensive pair of eyeglasses for a hardworking mom at a shelter. She had been saving and saving only to have a longer way to still go. Um, and so she, she got a group of friends to, to do that. And then I'm, I'll shout out Emily Prokop from Connecticut. Also, she said, I challenged myself on my 30th birthday to do 30 random acts of kindness. It was one of my favorite days and I brought my daughter along for many of them. By the end of the day, my friends thought I was high because I was so elated. And she, (laughs) it was awesome. Like she, I asked her, I was like, I want to hear examples. Give us the examples. And she said, you know, lots of donations, uh, put flowers on people's windshields. I brought donuts to my coworkers. I paid for the car wash and taped the ticket to the gas pump for the next person, paid for the people in line behind me at drive throughs returned shopping carts. She said some was planned, some I left up to chance, and then she used Instagram to document it. So awesome. I know. I was like, that's a really awesome, awesome month. So Yeah, you know, I think um, I've been thinking about happiness a little bit differently too during all of this time of isolation um you know people are different right like some people get a lot of happiness being around other people 
um, even introverts, you can get happiness being around other people. We prove that in podcast brunch club. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, other people that's just not as true and that's fine. Um, I would say my husband fits into the latter category. He's a homebody and enjoys being at home. But um, as much as I need my introvert alone time, I really do get a lot of happiness from other people. So I'm, I'm, I'm really missing that right now. But what I'm finding is um, it's helping me reframe what does make me happy. And, and it's like some of the little things that I think I knew before that they made me happy, but now it, they just have so much more significance, like taking the time to like play an extra game with a kid or something like right now I have all the time in the world. Mm-hmm. So the, you know, there's, there's, that's what you have right now. I'm very busy, but like that I have the excuse of like, Oh, I have to do X, Y, Z. It's not there because there's no activities going on. There's no shopping to do. There's no errands to run. So the things that you need to do are the things that are immediately surrounding you like physically. (laughs) And then keeping in touch with friends and family like that really makes me happy to check in with somebody and just say like oh I haven't heard from you in a couple of days like how are you doing that makes me happy that fills up my bucket mm-hmm. um for parents out there that know that book and I know there's parents out there that'll know about that book about have you filled a bucket today um so it, there's I think it's helping me reframe like I put more importance on those little things that before I was probably like just taking for granted that those things make me happy so I've had the time also to reflect on that that those are things that make me happy and obviously there's like the hobbies and craft stuff and whatever like whatever else is the thing that makes you happy I've been coloring um but this time as scary as it is and as sad as it is and as angry as I get sometimes it's also that the feeling of happiness is very heightened for me. It's very like emotional up and down time, but the, the happiness is really good too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's a good point about like the introvert versus extrovert kind of, uh, you know, I don't think that, I think there's a spectrum, obviously there's very few, I'm sure like hundred percent introverts and hundred percent extroverts, but, um, but just thinking about, Introverts, introverts during this time and whether or not, uh, you know, they're getting, you know, they're, they're able to adjust a little bit, maybe easier than extroverts potentially. And the other thing that you actually brought up too, that sort of ties back to the listening list is that we listened to an episode from Life Kit about how um, making art can be mm-hmm. very like good for you and make you happy. And so, you know, one of my questions that I've been asking people, so, you know, I'll, I'm going to segue in a second, but we have been doing a, a lot, all of our chapter meetings, not all of our chapter specific um, city chapter, but we've been doing more virtual chapter meetings. Uh, so anybody who wants to join can go to podcastbrunchclub.com slash virtual dash chapter. And, you know, we can get you on the invite list. Um, and some of our chapters have been doing, you know, chapter specific virtual meetings, but uh, our our virtual chapter had six meetings last month to kind of accommodate for all the people who weren't going to be able to go to their in-person meetings. And one of the questions I asked people was, you know, during this time of, of self-isolation and physical distancing, are you, have you picked up any hobbies that you, or re-picked up any hobbies that you used to do or, or like have been on your list of things to do? And 
I mean, it does seem like people are getting pretty creative, which is really beautiful to see, you know. Um, I asked, I think I asked that question also on, on the Facebook group and we got some good, um, some good responses on that. We got some pictures of new mandalas that people are painting and stuff like that. So it's been really fun to see that. Yeah. I notice it with my kids too. Honestly, I, I notice that because they're not as scheduled as they normally are. And, you know, I think there's pros and cons and kids, different kids need different things, whatever. But my kids are in elementary school. And they're not scheduled because there's nothing to do. So um, they are, I am noticing, especially with one of them, that the creativity has gone way up and it's really cool to see. And I, obviously that makes him happy because he will spend plenty of time doing that. So um, yeah, there's these kind of weird side happiness benefits that are going on from this isolation period. And I'm choosing most of the days to see it that way. And not try to get too overwhelmed with the, the parts that make me feel opposite. Yeah. Well, I will say also that one of the reasons that I included the episode of the Happiness Lab with Lori Santos was because I felt like it was there was a direct tie-in to Podcast Brunch Club in the episode because she specifically talked about the power of connecting with strangers. So it's not just, you know, finding those friends, those long lost friends that you haven't been in touch with, but actually connecting with strangers. And I will say as another plug for our virtual chapter, that one of the chapter meetings that I went to was, it was amazing. We had people from like, we had one person from Nairobi, London, Paris, Dublin, Beijing, Kuala Lumpur, and like two of us from the United States. That's so awesome. It was awesome. And, and I think what was so beautiful about it was that, it was like, I mean, unfortunately, we are all experiencing a very similar thing right now, you know, regardless of where we live. So there was like that ability to kind of, you know, hear about other people's experiences through this pandemic, regardless of what, I mean, that was four continents I just named, you know, we got Asia, North America, Europe, and Africa. Um, so and and I will say that I definitely left that meeting happier, having talked to strangers, essentially, people I had never met before and connected with them and just knowing that there are really awesome people out there, despite what the news would have us believe, you know, like the, the news is always so overly, I mean, it's dramatic if this is a dramatic time, no doubt. But the spin on the news and the media can be always so negative that if that's the only thing you're watching and paying attention to, it can really feel like, I don't know, extremely depressing. So I will say that participating in the podcast brunch club meetings virtually this month has been really good for me. Yeah, I, I would totally, totally agree with that. Like, it sounds so um, like obvious, I think when you say it, but if you've ever been to a podcast brunch club meeting, I think you totally will understand what Adele is saying because the first time you go, it's all strangers. You don't know anybody. And if you keep going back, it means you enjoyed it and it brought you happiness to do it. Right. And, um, I feel that too. Like we have lots of regulars that come to our meetings every month, but when someone new comes, I am like elated. It's so cool just to like hear someone's perspective. It doesn't matter if they agree or whatever, or if they're like, I've never even heard a podcast. Who cares? Like, like just, it's just cool to meet a stranger, get out of your bubble and realize you have something in common. So like totally great plug for virtual, <laughs> for the virtual experience. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that is really like, that's where I get concerned um, about like the pandemic and that like, you know, earlier I was talking about the short, medium and long term thing, the way I see it. And, and like my concern for even the medium and long term is that we're going to start seeing people as other, right? I mean, even our neighbors, because you just don't know what they're carrying with them. And you don't want to, you know, expose yourself to people that you don't know. And so I, I it's just that's where I get like worried a little bit in terms of what is this gonna kind of what is the kind of deep scars this is going to leave on society. And so I feel like the things that we can do now to to combat that are things like, you know, the virtual chapter meetings and these awesome things, these other things that people are doing online. You know, I, I, I discovered as I was searching for things to do this, this thing in Toronto called choir, choir, choir. And, and it's basically like this huge sing-along that they do in person. And these like 2000 seat auditoriums where people will come and they will I don't know, like teach them the parts, the different parts of, of like, like uh, pop songs for the most part, you'll, they'll do, or they'll do, um, they did a whole thing on ABBA. So it was like all the ABBA songs and, you know, and, and I was like, that is such a good idea. Cause I've been thinking that for a long time that like singing always makes me happy. So, and, and I feel like singing in a group, there's something about that. Like you synchronize, there's something about that. There's, and I think that there's been research about it, how like even I think your heartbeat can synchronize when you're singing together. Um, and I've been thinking about, oh, sing-alongs, sing-alongs would be fun. And then I randomly, because of the whole coronavirus pandemic, came across Choir, 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 and they did a virtual sing-along. So I participated. It was like a three-hour thing, and it was weird because I was singing by myself <laughs> in my house, and it was That's so awesome, awkward. Though. It was fun. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I totally would go to the in-person thing when they start back up. I think they're supposed to come to Chicago soon, but, but just, just finding, and especially if you are like maybe shy or an introvert and like the virtual thing could be really good for you because you don't have to be in a group and do it and, you know, feel weird about it. This is just like privacy of your own home. It's not like you have your video camera on and, um, and yeah, it's been it's been fun to see what people are doing. And like, have you seen what John Krasinski's doing with the Some Good News? No, oh. no. <laughs> I'll put this in the show notes. He has started this thing called Some Good News. And he does it as this like faux news report thing where he gets into like a suit and sits at his home office desks, desk and has like two camera angles where he'll kind of turn, swivel and turn and face <laughs> the camera and then, you know, whatever. And his kids made him a logo that is up in the background. And he it's just like focusing on the good news of the world, um, highlighting things that are happening around the world that are just nice and heartwarming and good. And recently he so he's I think he's doing it weekly and he'll do goofy things where he'll like he'll be like, our weatherman is Robert De Niro. Let's cut to Robert De Niro (laughs) and like find out what the weather's like and then they'll cut to Robert De Niro and he'll just be like kind of looking up at the sky and and John Krasinski will go so Robert what's the or Rob what's the what's the weather like and he'll be like he'll look up at the sky and be like seems pretty good and then that's it (laughs) (laughs) and then um they'll always he it's only two episodes in um but he did it he had this little girl this nine-year-old little girl who had been wanting to go to Hamilton and she had tickets and then the show got canceled. So John Krasinski 
organized the cast of Hamilton to get on and surprise her and do like a song for her. And they all did it separately from their own spaces. And so it was kind of like this. It was really cool. I was crying. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, people are doing some really fun things, good things. And I, I'm hoping that, you know, we can we can fight the the isolation and the loneliness that is inevitable with self-isolation, you know? The other, the only other podcast I wanted to talk about before we diverge and talk about what else we're doing and listening to is um, I wanted to hear what you thought about the Upstream podcast and the gross national happiness. I know you, you listened a while ago, so I'll give you a little, a little uh, debrief. Um, they were talking to a guy who's, who's like the head of something in Bhutan that is focused on the government's, instead of using gross domestic product as a metric for success of, a, of an economy or of a country, they also use this GNH, gross national happiness. It has, I don't know, four pillars. And he was talking about how, you know, gross domestic product just takes in how much we're spending, which is really not an in- indicator of prosperity, right? Like we're, we're using it as this proxy for, well, if people are spending and have more money to spend, then they must be happier. They must be, you know, they must have better well-being and and more prosper you know they must be more prosperous in some way and his argument was like okay so last year and this was a couple years ago and i actually verified this cuz i was shocked when i heard this the eu started including um drug trafficking and prostitution in their gdp and of course gdp skyrocketed but is drug use really a indicator that a a country is doing well and is healthy right so like you can spin it any way you want he was saying you know he was like war is great for gdp like war is perfect for gdp because you have these warheads that cost Mm -hmm. tons of money and they're single use so you have to replace them every time you use one so is war an indicator that we're doing well not really so he sort of like this gross national happiness flips the script a little and says, let's talk about um, governance, you know, and and access to government and uh, access to nature. I think there are four four pillars that they look at um, yeah. as a way to yeah measure that. Yeah, I'm looking them up right now. It's sustainable and equitable socioeconomic development, environmental conservation, preservation and promotion of culture and good governance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just thought his argument was so spot on, you know, like how many times do we have to like hear that money does not mean happiness? Yeah. You know, and and his point was like, we have what like kind of what you were saying earlier, we have buckets and there are these different buckets and you don't, it's about balance. Like, of course, money has something to do with it, but it's not all about money. So you have your money bucket and there's, you know, you don't need it to be overflowing. You just need to be like, you know, full to a certain extent so that you can fill up your other buckets, like your access to nature and, you know, access to government and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I really like that conceptually its point is to help inform policy making. Like, that's what I like about it. And um, 
oh my gosh, we have so far to go to get there in this country. But, um, uh, you know, I think it's also, I think it's interesting. It doesn't necessarily mean that uh, Bhutan is necessarily the happiest place in the world. It's just saying that, you know, this is something they've chosen to try and mm-hmm. govern their country well. And that um, I think the, the, the commentary about drugs and uh, prostitution and stuff should be included in your GDP. It's like, it's basically like how a, a it's corporate America, it screams corporate America to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can make your metrics look however you want them to look. Right. Um, and, you know, if everybody that looks at those metrics knows that there's, oh, well, you know, there could be some noise in this data or whatever, then everybody just accepts it. And it would take, it would really take like a number of countries to start using that metric, which, you know, hopefully that would happen to really gain some momentum internationally. But I I kind of wonder if any of what's going on now may have an impact on whether countries consider that more, because some countries are probably going to be very economically devastated by what's going on right now. Um, at least for some time and in some countries would probably be for longer than others. Some countries, richer countries probably can bounce back easily. Right. But I say that, (laughs) remember it's April 10th. Uh, We'll see what happens, but, um, so, uh, definitely interesting. I know one, I thought the podcast itself was a little bit hard to follow. So, and I know you were, really trying to find other episodes about this from other shows and mm-hmm. kind of came up empty. Um, so if anybody knows of any, I particularly would be interested in hearing more stuff. Um, I tend to learn about this stuff more in podcasts than reading, but if you have good articles or something to uh, send them our way, cause uh, it's definitely a interesting topic. Yeah. There's a, there's a book called the geography of bliss and that's how I learned about it years and years ago. I had heard about, gross national happiness. And um, it really just sort of speaks to me, right? Like I just don't, I've traveled all over the world. I did a lot of work with NGOs and in developing countries and, and not that I'm saying that, you know, there's no room for improvement, but, um, but I kind of would go into these countries and be like, I don't know. I mean, we want them to be like us. Is that what we're doing here? Like we're going into Ethiopia and being like, you know, you should do everything that we do because we're so awesome. (laughs) But like, I don't know, they kind of seem, even though they might not have all the same amenities as we do, and they might have, you know, only have one bathroom for like, I don't know how, you know, a whole family, they seem happier. And just, you know, I, and I always thought like, I don't know, it, it just seems like, you know, selling a false bill of goods kind of and and why don't we just you know let them decide what makes them happy and right. and um not impose our own definitions but yeah so it's always sort of spoken to me this gross national happiness idea and of course it is a metric just like you said and it could be skewed in any way you know you can you can i'm sure there are ways loopholes and ways around it and if that was the measurement that we were going to start going by then we could skew it any way we wanted but um it's just maybe another indicator like gdp mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. gross national happiness and maybe like it you know it's a sort of combination of a bunch of things so um but yeah, I would highly recommend the geography of bliss because he talks about happiness 
in the context of all these different countries. So, so okay, so let's diverge. I know that you have a project that you are working on, and I want to hear more about it. Yeah, um, this is really the only thing I, I want to diverge on this month because, you know, my listening is definitely down because I'm not commuting anywhere. Um, I normally would listen all day during work day anyway, and I am still doing that when I can. But now, because I can't pop over to someone's office to talk to them, we have to set up a video chat. Mm. <laughs> so I'm on video a lot more now than than I was before. So I'm listening less. Um, but what I have been listening to is a bunch of podcasts about COVID-19. And I'm going to be working on a project with Brett Bonfield and Barbara Fister. And I'll tell you who those people are in a second. Um, and the project is to develop a kind of review bank of the podcasts that are out there right now about COVID-19 and just kind of do a pretty uh, subjective review, but a, you know, informed review of, you know, are these shows giving us fact-based information? Are they, um, you know, is it good quality? Should you waste your time listening to it? Uh, is it going to tell you something you couldn't hear from another show because they're popping up left and right? And um, I think that this is a, a good kind of public service thing that I can do to help people pick through stuff and not waste their time. Um, Brett Bonfield is the chief operations officer of the Public Library of Cincinnati in Hamilton County in Ohio here in the U.S. And Barbara Fister is a writer scholar in residence with the Project Information Literacy Project and uh, Professor Emerita at Gustavus Adolphus College in Minnesota. Um, so we've kind of split up the podcast. We're reviewing each, each of us is reviewing them and Audible Feast readers will be pleased, I hope, to see that we've kind of adopted some of my format of my eight categories or whatever. We've narrowed it down a little bit, but we don't need to talk about humor when we're talking about COVID-19 podcasts, but, right. um, but you know, same kind of thing. Does it spur me to action? You know, I, uh, long-term readers of mine will know one of my favorite things on my reviews is, does it make me a better person? So we've twisted that to, does it, is it going to make me take action? Is it going to make me do anything different than I, if I didn't listen to this? Um, uh, you know, is it good production quality? How's the host, et cetera. So, um, so it'll be very, very similar format to the stuff I've written before, but it's a kind of a cool team, people from very different backgrounds, a, you know, a library guy, a um, professor, a writer, and, and then me. So, (laughs) um, it's kind of cool. I, I think, you know, you guys probably listened before, you know, I have really been taking a break from writing anything for almost a year now um, just was not fitting into my life. And, um, so this is kind of fun for me to get back to it in a way that I hope will, you know, be helping the community. Um, I think I, you know, I don't shy away from saying I don't like something. Um, and I will not do that in this project either. So, uh, it's kind of, kind of a cool opportunity. That sounds really cool. I'm excited. Um, what are you working on? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, like you, my podcast listening has plummeted. Uh, I'm trying to, trying to, like you are, um, manage how much COVID-19 stuff I'm listening to. But 
I'm finding it very difficult. It seems like it's COVID-19 all the time. So, uh, but I am, I'm really excited that Lyceum has launched. I've mentioned Lyceum in the past. I've been helping them a little bit with their vision and their thoughts around community development and listener, listener uh, community development. And they've launched. So if you go to lyceum.fm, you can find the links to Google Play and, mm-hmm. and the Apple App Store. And so it's an app. Yes, it's gonna be an, it is okay, an, app. an app. It's an app. And it's um, it's educational audio. So it's not even necessarily focused around podcasts, although right now there are podcasts on it, like educational podcasts. So it's a curated set of podcasts uh, that meet a certain level of education So, or informational quality audio. And eventually they they have some really cool community features where you can, uh, within a show, there's like discussion boards so that you can talk to people, ask questions of the host, offer up other insights and stuff like that. And then they are also going to be working hopefully soon on some pod courses. So not necessarily podcasts in the way that we imagine them. But uh, courses, kind of like uh, maybe think like Coursera, but audio mm-hmm. format cool. with some really well-known professors and um, academics. So it's really cool. Go to lyceum.fm to get more information. And then the other things I wanted to just kind of mention before we wrap up is uh, a couple of the things that are going on with Podcast Brunch Club generally uh, I have mentioned the virtual chapter many, many times. But again, if you want to join, go to podcastbrunchclub.com slash virtual dash chapter and you will get the invites. We have a few meetings a month and it's just really a nice way to kind of get outside of your comfort zone a little bit and meet people from all over the world. Um, and then we also thank you to Mo Sibyl. She put together a Q&A with Alexis Ohanian about his new podcast called Business Dad. If you don't know who Alexis Ohanian is, he is the co-founder of Reddit. He also is the co-founder of a venture capitalist company, and he is uh, Serena Williams' husband. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of got a nice little repertoire there. And um, yeah, so I'll put all of that stuff in the show notes which you should have access to on whatever podcast player you're using. And also just a note that we have swag. Um, I will also put a, a link to TeePublic, to our TeePublic store in the show notes. We developed a really, really awesome New York City chapter logo, which is so cool. I'm like really excited about it. And I'm hoping that we can do that for some of our other chapters too. I, I saw it. It's really awesome. It's awesome. All right. Well, thank you again for joining us this month. We'll be coming to your feed again soon with more interviews with the creators of the shows on our playlists. And you can get in touch with us anytime as usual through the podcast brunch club or audible fees website. Happy listening. Thank you for listening and being a part of the podcast brunch club community. Do you have any thoughts on our discussion this month? Send a message or voice memo to podcast at podcastbrunchclub.com. PBC is a passion project, and we rely on support from our global community to continue bringing people together in person and online. So if you feel like PBC has contributed to your life in any way, please consider becoming a patron or making a one-time donation. Go to podcastbrunchclub.com support for more information. 
If you're interested in becoming an organizational partner, go to podcastbrunchclub.com slash sponsors. A quick thanks to our early partners, Podbean. For one free month of podcast hosting, go to podbean.com slash PBC. Podchaser, the IMDB of podcasts. Listen Notes, a podcast search engine. Critical Frequency, the podcast network for everyone else. The Venn Media, a weekly newsletter for curious minds. And Lentigua Williams and Company, podcast network, telling stories in the seams of society. Finally, some credits for this episode. Katie DeFiori is our audio editor. Music is from Chad Crouch and Misael Ghana, downloaded from Free Music Archive. I'm Adela, founder of Podcast Brunch Club. And as always, thanks and happy listening. <laughs>